0: change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're
1: getting ready to have a live spectrum what we were trying to say. You got to walk walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at WaysWord. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 34 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. In this episode, we have a lot for you, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. want to remind you guys, I don't know how you found us, but we certainly are glad that you have. You can check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Blueberry, a number of sites. If if all this fails, Google us. And uh, you'll be able to find the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. But please be sure to subscribe, leave some comments, make sure you like us. Those comments, those things go a long way. And you maybe, just may be able to get some swag. We have some uh, merchandise coming. And maybe we can get you guys a coffee mug or a cap or a t-shirt with the Sports Talk with Devin Wade logo on it. So, in episode 34, I have the Silver Fox Kevin Allen. He's in the building. Kalina is in the building. In addition to that, we'll talk some fantasy in the second half of the show with Thad O, our fantasy football guru. I have some questions for him. And if you guys ever have any questions, be sure to make those comments, ask those questions, and hit me up on Twitter at Wade's Word. Also, you can uh, be a part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. And, of course, on Instagram, D-Wade, not, no, it's actually, let me get this right, Kalina, it's actually Sports Talk with D-Wade on the gram, which Kalina is in charge of. Uh, with that, want to tell you we're going to have headlines, we're going to do balling or falling. We've already recorded an All Way Live segment that will be a part of this uh, episode 34. And then, of course, we will go into our conversation with Thad With that, I want to say good day to Kalina. How are you, Kalina?
2: I'm well. Thank you, Devin. How are you?
1: Well, I was impressed by your ferocity on the, the All Way Live segment. You, yeah. you were really on top of things and uh, tapped into your inner Angela Davis.
2: <laughs> well, there's a lot to say there, and I think uh, the listeners will be very Pleased with uh, what we have to say. Well,
1: some. some I mean, of we them hope. Will. I hope we have. Uh, maybe we can have and if, some. And if you're some, not, some you need to comment. <laughs> comment
2: and let us know if you are not pleased. Maybe, maybe, maybe we have
1: some MAGAs that listen. You know what that is, right? Make America Great Again, folks. That, that's the acronym that, that they made. That's you know? wonderful. Yeah, maybe we have some. <laughs> some some opposing views. But yeah. but again, I, I'm here for everybody. And usually sports is the great uniter. But even in these days and times, uh, it's been quite divisive with the, the rhetoric coming from the White House. Yeah. It's unprecedented. We've never seen times you're not in the modern era. We've never seen anything like this. This is ridiculous. And we had to speak out on it. A lot of people's eyes glaze over when you talk about anything political or Colin Kaepernick or Boycotting, but hey, it's our obligation. We are of our time, so we have to discuss these things. And with that, want to bring in Kalina with headlines.
2: With all the turmoil in and around the NFL, the NFL Players Association has voted to continue to be led by Demaris Smith. Smith has led the union since 2009 and has already said that the NFL is likely looking at a work stoppage in 2021. A boxer who many people believe is the world's pound-for-pound best, Andre Ward, announced his retirement this week. The undefeated light heavyweight champion compiled 32-0 record with 16 knockouts. He's the former super middleweight champ an Olympic gold medalist. Lawyers for the family of the late New England Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez announced that the 27-year-old had a severe case of the degenerative brain disease, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE. Dr. Ann McKee, the director of the CTE Center at Boston University, said Hernandez had stage three out of four of the disease, which can cause violent mood swings, depression and other cognitive disorders. Hernandez was 27 when he killed himself in April in the prison cell where he was serving a life without parole sentence for murder. Hernandez committed suicide just before his former teammates visited the White House to celebrate their latest Super Bowl victory and a week before he was acquitted in the 2012 drive-by shootings of two men in Boston. Roger Goodell paid a visit to Philadelphia after the Eagles season opener, meeting with Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie, Eagles players, local police and politicians to discuss criminal justice reform. Malcolm Jenkins, Anquan Bolden and Tori Smith invited Lurie and NFL Commissioner Goodell to meet with police, grassroots organizations, policy leaders and public defenders in Philadelphia. The group, along with Rodney McLeod and Chris Long, met to get a better understanding of the complexities of the criminal justice reform work that many of the players have been conducting over the past year to strengthen the community. Finally, Seahawks defensive lineman Michael Bennett is one of four NFL players to endorse a 10-page memo sent to League Commissioner Roger Goodell asking for quote, Overt League Support, in their campaign for racial equality and criminal justice reform, including an endorsement for an activism awareness month, according to a report Wednesday night from Yahoo.com. The other players reported to have endorsed the memo are two current Philadelphia Eagle players, safety Malcolm Jenkins and receiver Tori Smith, and former Buffalo Bills receiver Anquan Bolden. According to the Yahoo story, the memo was sent to Cadell, an executive vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent, in August, requesting wide-ranging involvement in their movement from the NFL. The memo seeks an investment of time and education, political involvement, finances, and other commitments from the league. It also sought to have the NFL endorse the month of November as an activism awareness month, similar to the periods of league calendar dedicated to breast cancer awareness and military recognition. Now
1: back to you, Devin. Thanks a lot, Kalina. Well, hey, want to bring in the Silver Fox now. A uh, lot to digest there. And there are a lot of other things that uh, we can get into as well, including boxing. You talk about Andre Ward. Uh, I want to get into him first. You know, Andre, I don't think he ever got his full credit outside of the world of boxing for being such a tremendous boxer, it, I, arguably the best of our time. And I know everybody said, well, Floyd, Floyd, Floyd. But this guy did what he did without all of that fanfare. He didn't have a personality. And like Floyd, he didn't have this exciting style of a knockout puncher like a Hearns or a Sugar Ray. But he was a tremendous boxer. You remember he did the super middleweight tournament where he wiped out the whole, he cleared out the whole division. Then he went to light heavyweight. He had two tough fights with Kovalev. A lot of people thought he lost the first one, but he ended up winning that one. In addition to that, he TKO'd Kovalev in his uh his what is his career finale. So what are your thoughts on Andre Ward?
0: Timing was unexpected. I can understand why he did it. Uh leaving out on top still in great health. I mean, but I, I'm like you uh didn't get all the fanfare that I think he deserved. I think when he came along boxing was I don't want to say at a low, but the popularity wasn't that great. It waned,
1: and it waned for various reasons, and it continues to wane. And and really, that kind of transitions into the other part, the Triple G, the Gennady Golovkin draw with the last name again, Golovkin.
0: Okay, I thought I, I, I never could pronounce it. What, so you just, call him Triple G. I call him Triple G.
1: Triple G, the Canelo draw, which was in many people's eyes not a draw. What were your thoughts on the fight? Because um, I mean, that was a fight I look forward to all year.
0: Yeah, I mean, good fight. The much he, much
1: more entertaining than the Floyd fight, and because these were real fighters, these were real boxers. No no MMA. No,
0: Floyd, Floyd's deal was entertainment. This was a, No, this was what you wanted to see. A fight. A fight. Really good fight. Looking tarnished forward, by the decision. Tarnished by the decision. So looking forward for the rematch, I think these kind of fights will get boxing back on the upswing.
1: The fight was competitive enough that if Triple G won the fight after another couple of fights, they could do it again. I think what this does by having it being a draw, it expedites uh, a rematch, which they'll probably Mm -hmm. have an immediate rematch, and Golden Boy will make all the money. But it does tarnish the sport. And I had a chance to see Teddy Atlas, and he went off. And the person who was trying to calm him down, of all people, was Stephen A. Smith. Right. And it almost seemed like Stephen A. Smith was in – it was in bed, like saying, oh, all well, no, the sport, I don't want to indict the sport of boxing. What What are you talking about? I don't want to take away from this performance tonight by talking about the corruption in the sport. And Ted Adler, look, Ted Adler has lived this. This is his livelihood. This is how he came to the national forefront. This is how he feeds his family. So if he says, hey, this is the problem, no one really has room to argue with him. When you talk about the promoters, Having these dinners with the, the judges, hiring the judges. If they don't get a favorable de- decision from the judges, not rehiring those judges. Everybody, there's no governing body to oversee the governing bodies of boxing. And John McCain, for a long time, Senator John McCain, for a long time, really worked towards pushing for reform in boxing. And it hadn't, it sort of fell to the back burner because I think the sport itself sort of lost its popularity. So the demand from the public wasn't there, but we've seen this. You go back to, I mean, you can go way, way back to a number of decisions, but I can go back immediately to Tim Bradley, Manny Pacquiao. You can look at the Lennox Lewis Holyfield. You can look at so many decisions that, that have been really, really bad. Look at Pacquiao losing the horn in Australia. So, Boxing really shoots itself in the foot when you don't have really fairness and openness and control of the sport. And and so among the many, many problems of boxing is that. But what you do see that gives me hope is that people want boxing to make a return. There are people like us, and we're we're older where you are some of us, Boy, are, some, some of us a little some of us a little mm. bit more older than others but you know, right. we, we I don't I will never be an MMA guy I don't know about you you nah, and, I'm not I, I I could never be an MMA guy I believe in the sweet science i am um, i'm old enough to appreciate Living through probably the greatest era of boxing when you talk about both heavyweights and welterweights. So you
0: talking about Jack Johnson and those guys? Ah, you through?
1: That's you, <laughs> John, John Jeffries or whatever his name was. No, but no, I'm talking about obviously yeah. with Ali and Frazier and Foreman and Ernie Shavers and 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 all of those guys and the, it was Ken Norton and then you know uh, of course Duran and Leonard and. I mean, all of the guys, Aaron Pryor, Alexis Aguayo, uh Cigaray, uh, it's so many guys,
0: but see that you get away from what's working, and then you know you switch over to now. You know it's all about the money, and these guys fight every eighteen to twenty four months, right? As opposed to we were used to seeing these guys fight, fight twice every, a year. Yeah, what well, no, even more than that. When you would see Ali and Frazier or Ali and Norton are forming, and you know they fight at least three times a year. What, what you, you know? had
1: in boxing is a bunch of guys make a lot of money. At the expense of the sport itself. Right. Because what you what you did with the pay-per-view, you started to extort the audience. So now, all of a sudden, you can't afford to watch. Well, A, if you don't get a chance to know the guys until they become pay-per-view guys. And then, you, you know, you miss that whole career. You don't, don't know them. You, yeah, don't know no,
0: you really don't know them then. And,
1: and, and I always said this, and I've said this on podcasts before. The reason why Tyson and De La Hoya and even Holyfield to an extent stay relevant for so long. Those were the last crop of guys that fought on free television. And you got to see, got to see them on Saturday afternoon. Now the, the PCB, a uh, big, the pro, the, the boxing series with Al Heyman, they're doing some great things there to build the sport, but you're starting from so Scratch. far behind. Right. But I think, you know, you losing. You start
0: from somewhere, but you, even when you go back to Mike Tyson, Tyson fought all the time. Especially you know? early on. And and that's the reason why I say boxing should get back to that, get back to the free TV. You can still make your money, but like I say, every. 18 to 24 months, then the guy come back and fight. You know, you like, don't it, know this you know, guy.
1: You're charging all this money, and you never know what's going to happen. If it's a first-round knockout, you feel gypped. And the other thing that hurts boxing, obviously, is the 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 disappearance of the relevance of amateur boxing. If you don't have uh, that amateur boxing pipeline, you used to know these guys because you watched them in the Olympics. And with by, you know, amateur boxing kind of just falling a- apart, you don't get a chance to know these guys, and so um, it's almost like college basketball. Where we in, in the NBA, where the guys would stay three, two or three years, at least three, maybe four years. You got to, they became household names before they ever got to the NBA. Right. Now, unless you keep up with AAU basketball in high school, you don't know a lot of these guys. Right. They're one and done, yeah. and so uh, we're, we're stuck with that. But hopefully, boxing will make its return. Want to switch gears? Want to talk about a couple things in the NBA? Kevin Durant, with the tweeting, he tweeted, and I guess it it started, uh, he didn't quite admit to having an anonymous account, but he admitted to going back and forth with people on Twitter to defend himself, and in one of these tweets, he takes a shot at Billy Donovan and his former organization, Oklahoma City Thunder. I think it revealed how sensitive these guys are, and and I'll I'll blanket all of this generation uh, because of this kind of stuff, but why does he care? Why is he so emotionally caught up in the criticism of him?
0: Well, he, he's trying to get to a certain goal right now. He wants to be that best player in the world, but he's caught up. He still hasn't, to me, hasn't had the grown person's mind yet. He's still in that kid Thinking like a stage. kid. Yeah, and he's getting caught up into that. And, you know, i never think about a dummy account to get on. I don't have time for that, but he has – Well, his, he has time. He has too much time on his hand to do those type of things and – you know, if you're making that kind of money and you're a world champion, whatever, I won't care Why about Why do you care what you know.
1: everybody else says? Yeah. And you knew this before you made the move anyway. You knew what the criticism was because you heard it from LeBron's folks yeah. when he went to Miami. So let's not play a victim here and, but oh, I didn't it, sleep for two days. Yeah. I mean, these guys are tremendously fragile. We heard Barkley comment about these guys this week.
0: And with, with Durant, I mean – the Everyone's saying, well, he did the right thing. He went in and admitted it or whatever. But to me, that still doesn't uh, soften the blow for me because, number one, you had no business doing it. He's been all in the news all summer. So, you know, that kind of with some people kind of, hey, I may want to get off of this Durant bandwagon here because, you know, this dude here.
1: I think the people who are with Kevin Durant will stay with him. And I think the people like me who always will think less of his career decision for going to Golden State, I don't think that he can do much to change our mind.
0: Well, I mean, you know, well, I he mean, went in on this Twitter deal. Then he, he kind of threw a jab at Steph Curry. Talking about Under- his armor. shoes. Yeah, yeah, with the Under uh, Armour deal. So it's just too much right now. He, he needs to sit back and just go play basketball and let everything else play out and do the work for you.
1: But we see these incidents that these guys in the NBA get into. He's going back to Swaggy P and and taping his teammate. And, and, you know, all of these things are just so immature. And it's a sign that you're getting this younger population in yeah. that hasn't been polished, hasn't been co- uh, coached and, and taught how to behave. Like this
0: By the common grown
1: man stuff. Right. This is, this is foolishness. But it's see, what... the, the, the
0: deal with that, Devin, is too, it, it, it starts at that AU level. If if these guys can play, then you coddled. Yeah, you gonna pamper this guy, and if he does something wrong, you're gonna cover up for him. You're gonna do all, and it and it's carried over. And so so now that
1: these guys are adults yeah, he now. doesn't know.
0: How, that's the only thing he knows
1: it, so. is to be protected. And yeah, and, yeah I mean, it sounds like somebody in the White House. <laughs> you <know? laughs> there you go. But uh, you know, and then of course Barkley comes out. And uh, with the – Kyrie, well, let me go – before we go Barkley, let's go Ky Kyrie. Me Kyrie.
0: That's my guy. Kyrie go goes
1: in and says – he finally does an interview about not informing LeBron James that he was opting out or he wanted to be traded and, and that he didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. And he basically said – This is said, my subject. Keep going. Basically said, did you tell LeBron? No. You know, did you feel compelled? Why? You know, I mean, you could tell it better Great than answers. I can. And so, Great answers. So, so what if you
0: If th- I leave here the day or tomorrow from with you – I mean, well, you've you, done that before, by but, the way. That, but but I, but there were some things that I told you about. <laughs> yeah, that. right, no, right, 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 right. If I'm on a team and and in his situation, he did what he was supposed to do, going to management, and he explained and expressed his concerns. Hey, I want out, and he did what he was supposed to do. But they're like, because well,
1: obviously, whatever it was, is not fixable. But, you but, can't fix playing with LeBron James. It's such an overbearing thing. I don't think people really realize. How he's damaged careers of guys he's played with. But this is this is inadvertently.
0: Thing, but this is the thing that you and I get into, Devin, where I tell you all the time, I don't like when the media and it transpires and it trickles down to everybody else. This is LeBron's team. This is Devin's team. This is so-and-so's team. And now everybody out here in the world, they're caught up with that. It's not LeBron's team. I don't have to answer to you. I don't want to play with you. Right. I don't have to explain that <laughs> to Le- you. Le- so but LeBron is so sensitive, like we just said with Kevin Durant, his feelings are hurt because everybody is caught up. Well, this is LeBron's team. He went to management, he expresses a concern. LeBron's pissed because Kyrie is beating him out of Cleveland. Yeah, well, so I, now, I think, so now, when he leaves Cleveland, it's really gonna look bad on him because now they're gonna be strapped.
1: He might have Carmelo Anthony play with, but we'll talk they about still that. Don't have nothing. Yeah, we. I know we'll talk about. It. But I think Cleveland played this hand wrong. I really ultimately think that they should have either tried to fix it for the one-more-year run, but I really would have traded LeBron. I really would
3: have.
0: But he has no in Well, I mean,
1: you could have gotten away. You could have well, say, pick your city. Let me ask you this. Pick your city, we'll you make this. a deal.
0: You all jumped on Phil Jacks. He tried to get Carmelo out. He has no trade. No, he oh.
1: re-signed Carmelo, no, 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 though. But, but he didn't have to re-sign him let for me, the max. Let me he finish. did it.
0: Let me finish this. That was four years ago. So in but that people ta- knew then
1: it was a mistake.
0: But my thing is, within this four- or five-year time frame, he got tired of him. So you know what he says? Want you out of here. Carmelo has a no trade. He wants to piss piss on the tree, play that power trip. He's not leaving. It's not that easy for these guys to get him to get out of the no trade deal. But- so in this case – He's still in it. Phil Jackson gone, you still had a no trade.
1: And we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about so, Carmelo in just a bit. So it's
0: not that easy to just get LeBron out of there with the no but trade. But you
1: may if you you tell me where you want to go, we'll make it happen. Even if I take it. Because and if he when says he no, lead, it's not and that. And what easy. if he says no? But if he wants to go to LA, let's let's get you to LA. Give me something, LA. Where if you want LeBron, you got you got anything. It's better than I what gotta, they're gonna I get gotta, when he leaves.
0: I give me nothing I, with that trash yeah. they got. And
1: so now they're gonna have a well, they're gonna have a season where they're gonna ha- it's gonna be rough. I don't think they're gonna get out of the East. And and you lose the start the, your youth and your future in Kyrie because you yielded to his demands. You should have kept him. You want me and to got you, rid of LeBron?
0: No, no. But you want me to tell you why Cleveland made the mistake? You shouldn't have gave LeBron that much power.
1: Well, I agree so, with that.
0: So that's where we get back. This is LeBron's team. He calls all the shots. Yeah, so well, I don't like that. So when Kyrie said, I don't have to, why should I? I'm, I don't have to go to you. I'm a grown man. This is my life decision for me and my family. So why am I going to talk to you about what type my, of decisions I got to make in my life for my family? Right. I agree with
1: him. Well, with that, want to go to a segment that we call Ballin' or Falling. That's when we identify three teams, entities, players, coaches, and decide if they are balling or if they are falling. First up, NFL offense. Man, we have seen some woeful performances from the offenses around the league, whether it's uh, the, the Texans only scoring two touchdowns in two games. You have the Seattle Seahawks, only one touchdown in two games. Cincinnati, no touchdowns in two games. The Giants, they're having problems struggling. Uh, now, is this just a early season thing and the offense will get turned around? Or is it something that's going to plague the NFL because of these bad offensive lines? Are NFL offenses are they balling or are they falling? Well,
0: too early to tell, then. That you gotta pick one, Boy, man. You got to
1: pick. I can't you pick? pick you it, but,
0: then, but look, it's that, you're only picking out certain teams. I'm so saying about NFL
1: out. offenses. So across the board.
0: Across the board, I mean, think they're still balling. <laughs> Because you still have some teams that are scoring. New England scored, what, 40? This Thursday was the best game that I've seen. They, yeah, scored, almost, was, they scored almost 100. Right, so, when you I talk mean, about that was
1: the uh, the San Francisco-L.A. Rams. Rams game yeah. Thursday night, which was the best game of the year so far. Right. You can talk about maybe the Kansas City-New England game that opened the season. Right. But it hadn't been a lot of good football. It hadn't, hadn't been very entertaining. You had Carolina go in half with a 9-3 lead or, or against Buffalo. You had uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville struggle to put points on the board. I'm going to go the other way and say NFL offenses are falling. I and I think no they're body. falling because they're not getting that work in preseason. They're not getting that physical contact that they used to have. Now, as a part of the collective bargaining, it limits practices two-a-days. It limits a lot of uh, contact. And, again, when you have CTE and some of these brain injuries and the concern and the billion-dollar settlement, they're going to try to limit their liability and try to protect themselves because it's not costing them any money. So they can't have less practices. So I think for now and for the foreseeable this season, I think the NFL offenses are falling because you're not going to – these offensive lines are not going to automatically improve. The Giants offensive line, Indianapolis, that's a train wreck. Those offensive lines are not going to automatically regenerate and be productive offensive lines. And if you can't play in the trenches, you can't play at all. Let's go to the next one. We talked about Melo, Carmelo Anthony. On having an impact in the 2017-2018 season, is Matt Melo balling or falling? Now, now let me frame this before you answer because I'm saying let's let's assume that he gets traded today or tomorrow before training camp opens. And he goes to say, Picketing, Cleveland, Portland, Houston. In any of those scenarios, will Carmelo Anthony have an impact on the NBA? If he goes
0: one of, I'm I'm just gonna say Carmelo. Period. Come yeah, Carmelo. He's fallen off the cliff ten years ago. <laughs>
2: I keep on
0: falling. He's been done a long time ago. I'm going to use bad English. He's been failed. <laughs> He's fallen a long time ago, though.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he can have a significant impact. Yeah. Although, again, I say and people don't, they think I'm crazy. I say, look, get him in the in the office and, and you have a conversation with him and see if you can patch this thing up. You still have poor yeah, I mean, you have some things there. You nobody's gonna win the East but Boston or Cleveland anyway, for the foreseeable. Might as well just patch it up, put up some points, have some entertaining nights, and let the chips fall where they may. Cause I mean, I don't, I can't see a trade. Like you, same thing you say with LeBron. What are you gonna get back for a guy who wants to be gone? What does Houston have to offer? He wants to be in Houston. What do the Rockets have that they can give the Knicks that will make any significant impact? Nothing. Exactly. So. Finally, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, on the surface, he's out of here.
0: Can I answer that for you right now? <laughs> well, let Before me, get, let me, let me finish.
1: They, but they are 1-1 one and one on the season, and they are in a woeful division. Is Bill O'Brien head coach of Houston Texans? Is he balling or falling?
0: <laughs> Do I have to answer that?
1: No, you really don't.
0: Okay, but, thank but for you the very people. Much. For the people. He's falling. <laughs> Please Keep on falling. <laughs> Peaceful, I can't ask you a question. Uh-huh. If you have little Mario.
1: Hey, man, little Jay Mario got, made a play Thursday night. You, give
0: played, him credit, he man. He 48 minutes, and
1: you say he made a play. I <laughs> I'm not saying hey, I highlight it. Minutes. He made plays. Look, they play well against a woeful Cincinnati Bengals offense. So, yeah, he made some plays.
0: This dude is the first overall pick and <laughs> and grabbed, picked up a fumble and ran
1: 20 yards, and you said he made a play. <laughs> Hey man, how did this get to be about Lil' Mario man? Is he balling or falling? Jadavion Clowney is balling. Okay, you know yeah. what? I'm
0: I'm dropping the mic. I'm
1: gone.
0: <laughs> I was gonna see you next time next week.
1: <laughs> hey, that'll wrap things up for uh, this segment of balling or falling. Coming up right now, we are going to do our always live segment. All Way live. Now, well, we've sort of picked up the conversation midway through, but if you've seen the video on my Facebook page and uh, on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, we certainly appreciate it. But here's what we had to say in case you hadn't seen the video. It's our All Way Live segment. You're tuned into the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes. Yeah, Tune in my, uh, and SoundCloud. Number
0: of people that voted for him. So it, it's nothing normal like Kalina said. It, it, this is just the norm for him. He was saying things while I was running for the election, so this isn't nothing new. It, it's kind of funny to me, but it's sad that we, as a country, we, we're we're back to where people have fought for what, so many and years. Just said the,
1: the openness of, I mean, because I don't, I don't think anyone in this room has been disillusioned about this country and some of the baggage that we have and that continues to go on. Well, and, and, but to, to to I didn't think that I was he this much open racist hostility. And, yeah, and, I mean, and they use code words now and, and that's sort of what he did. He right. used code words. so
0: Yeah, yeah it's like Devin, it, it, he's just saying it now What it, where they would say it in the back room. Now it's like, hey, you guys put me here and I'm just going to speak what you're thinking? We'll just put it out in the open. We're gonna run this thing, and he'll—I I think he'll be here for the full four years because I don't. You know, I, I
1: actually don't, and I, I think that the the Mueller investigation is ramping up. So, but and and I can—I don't necessarily want to delve into that. I don't think he'll do the four years. I don't think. I so. think
0: forty-five I, is here for the four years. Buckle
1: let's up. get let's get that in because I know that you you have a lot to say if you can talk into the microphone because we are recording this portion for the All We Live segment. Uh, your thoughts uh, on on Trump's statements, and even if you want to get into the other statements about how soft the NFL is, I thought that was a racial undertone to to those things as well. So, what are your thoughts?
3: You know, you, just when you think that our country is progressing forward, and and you know we're coming together as a people with all that has happened over the 200 years as this 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 uh, nation has been been born, we have a president that's constantly Is just divisive. Every comment he make, everything he, everything he does, is not to unite us. It's definitely to pull us apart. And I think he is pandering to his base. I think uh, I read somewhere that this is what he needs. He needs his base to make him feel good because right now the rest of the world is telling him that he's doing an awful job. So just picking on the NFL is just another way for him to win points with his people while, again, pushing the rest of America apart.
1: And see, this is what I want to get into uh, about what he said. It, it, he chose those words specifically. Think about when he said, he kept saying our, our national anthem. Well, it's our, it's ours, too. It's everybody's national anthem. You can't, you can't corner the market on patriotism. Patriotism is wanting to make this country better. And the other thing that struck me and I think Courtney said this uh, in his comments, and I'm I'm looking at your your comments as well. Good morning, Rayla. That only dictators. I said this last night. Only dictators want blind loyalty. So if you are mandated to stand for the pledge or, or pledge an oath to something, uh, I can't think of anything other than dictators like Castro and and Hitler and and the other Saddam Hussein and others who, who demand this loyalty. So he chose those words, uh, again, t- purposely to be divisive. And I think to pick on the NFL, it really – it may help the cause because now I think the owners will want to distance themselves from those comments. And you are already seen conversation with Roger Goodell and some of the players about uh, so, change, social changes, uh, I think – Michael Bennett sent a, and a number of players sent a 10-page ten, a ten letter to the commissioner asking for a, a month uh, designed for uh, activism. And I don't know how any of those things are, are going to go. But clearly, with the boycotting, with the pushback on both sides, the NFL is looking for a way out of this. If they could come up with a way to channel this to try to make all sides happy. well. Roger Goodell makes forty million dollars a year, so uh, it's up to him. The onus is on him to find a way out of this. So, Kalina, you saw a couple of comments overnight, um, and from
2: from Huff, uh, Huff Huffington Post. Um, so, Roger Goodell, one of his statements was, "Divisive comments like these demonstrate an unfortunate lack of respect for the NFL, our great game, and all of our players." Um, we also have um, a comment from the uh, executive director of the NFL Players Association. This union, however, will never back down when it comes to protecting our constitutional rights of our players as citizens, as well as their safety as men who compete in a game that expose them to great risks. And I think that he's also um, bringing up the comment that he said uh, that the president said about the concussions, that that it's bringing it's making the game soft and that it's ruining the game. And,
1: and I think the racist overtones or undertones on that. Or that the, the, it doesn't matter their their health their mental health their safety it doesn't matter and, and I think that the, you're treating them like just like commodities like meat so I think from that standpoint you know again he's reinforcing some of the things that he's saying so although I have not boycotted the NFL and I will not and I posted a ten minute video from Chris Carter in which he was talking about CTE but he talked about the greater if you, you're you doing pros and cons for football, the greater good sort of outweighs the negativity of this particular situation. That doesn't mean that I, you guys shouldn't protest and make noise and make those owners accountable for what they're doing. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. And, Erica, you, you got to tune in on Friday nights and you can hear some 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 jams. We do a big Inside of the Friday Express, do we think we'll see an outpouring tomorrow from the NFL players based on what Trump said, or is the turnaround too soon?
2: Well, actually, if you go on Twitter right now, there are um, dozens of responses from NFL players. Well, I'm saying
1: a visual: it will, will teams take knees? Will teams lock arms? Will some? Will will the NFL unite around these divisive statements?
0: Uh, as far as the, the the actual teams, I don't think the teams will do it. It'll, it'll take the players to step up to do something. I I don't like the lo- lock and arm type deal. I like something a little bit you know more different than that. Uh, what would you be, like to
1: see the NFL players do tomorrow?
3: Hell
0: every, hell everybody take a knee. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: That. No, I, I'm actually in grins with the Silver Fox. Uh, I, I think it, it would send a, a message to the uh, president and to the country that uh, they are united and understanding that it's not about protesting the flag or protesting the national anthem. It's about protesting social justice, abuse that people are, um, you know, for no reason.
1: For no reason. We saw it again uh, this week.
2: So I want to say, one, that I have more respect for people who have served our country that say that they fought and were willing to put their lives on the line for people like Colin Kaepernick. So, because they, they've they been through it, and that's what they're standing for. And
1: he dodged the draft. Yeah. I mean, at every turn, he made sure he was never going to serve.
2: Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm going to disagree with my friends here. I'm going to say that the president is not going to listen to pieces of meat. They don't. He doesn't care if all of them sit down. As a businessman, because supposedly that's what he is, I think he would pay attention when money does something. And so I do think it needs to be the owners. I do think it needs to be the people who have the money and the power in the NFL to stand up and say something for him to even pay attention. Not that I think he'll care, but um, for there to be waves to be made.
1: He's a non-factor, um, and, and all players should uh, kneel. Uh, that's Cheryl. But, again, I want to hear your comments. Uh, We'll we'll continue the discussion uh, on the podcast. Yeah, but I
0: I think if, if every player takes a knee, I think you get his attention because Trump, he's so controlling. The owners, the majority of the owners are his friends. So when you say hit him in the pocket, if you rebel against him and everybody do it, the owners can't get rid of everybody. So now you beat him at his own game. He's talking about... Right, Run well, you, of, through unity, into, yeah. So, yeah, through but, unity. But, you know,
1: the other thing that bothers me, every time I see these things bubble up with him and some of the things that he's doing, I get mad at us for not turning out more to, to vote. And and really, there were a lot of people who stood on the sidelines and said, well, she's just as bad. One is not as bad as the other. And, and you see clearly, you cannot imagine a scenario where any other presidential candidate, any other president, would have said the things that he said and done and and calling the the leaders of other countries names it's just it's stupid and juvenile and it's something wrong with it really is something wrong with this guy
2: i was i'm gonna push back on kev again if we (laughs) if if this man is a dictator then we are leaning toward a dictatorship and you can replace commodities that's the whole point then that's scarier i think
1: well like i said i just think that he knows exactly what he's doing and he's, he's playing into the fears. And, and again, I always say this. That all, a lot of this pushback is coming because the, the landscape is changing uh, in, in America. That'll wrap up things for the first half of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, episode 34. In the second half, we'll have Sports E with Kalina, and we'll have uh, some fantasy football talk with Thad O. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud.
0: Just believe there's no way we can fall. Well, well,
2: well, we're not three alone. Oh, that a change can only come when we stand together as one. We are
1: the We are the children. Welcome back to episode 34 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I want to thank my man, Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox. I want to remind you, you can tweet him at Allen, Allen Ron 10. At Allen, Allen Ron 10. He would love to hear from you guys. He loves the back and forth. So, with that, I want to bring Kalina back for a segment we call Sports Eve. This week in Sports Eve, Sports Eve. entertainment.
2: entertainment. entertainment.
1: entertainment. entertainment. The Eve is for entertainment. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so we're gonna start off the segment with some sad news. This week, this week, athlete turned actor Bernie Casey died at 78 years old, along with the Raging Bull Jake LaMotta, who was 95. You may not know LaMotta, but you have likely heard of Raging Bull, which won Robert De Niro an Academy Award.
1: Yeah, it did. I mean, that's a great movie. I don't know if you've seen it with I Joe have not. Pesci. I need to. Yeah, you need to watch it. It's about Jake LaMotta's life. It's not always pretty. And Bernie Casey I had a chance to interview on a press junket, he was a former NFL player. And he played in one of my favorite sports movies of all time. If you want a good cry, go watch Brian's song.
2: When does anybody want a good cry? We've already talked about it with this well, with you're biscuit. A, you're,
1: you're different. You're unlike many females in that you're a sci-fi person. Oh, my god! So, gosh. like, when you go to Comic-Con, it's like you and 95,000 other guys.
2: And women.
1: It's a biopic. Yes. Before the term was coined uh, about the life of Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo and Gail Says, which I had a chance to meet Gail Says at a golf tournament, which that's that was legendary. See, I, you know, I worked around, I've been working around athletes for 25 years, so I don't get, no one excites me or to be around. But you see those guys from yesteryear, like when I had a chance to interview Jim Brown or have a chance to talk to Gail Says, that excites me. Seeing these guys these days, I mean, I, it's no big deal. I've been in the industry for 25 years now. so uh, But to see the legends, uh, but I want to go back to Bernie Casey really quickly. Bernie Casey was a really nice guy. I interviewed him early on in my writing career. I was writing for a newspaper. doing a, I had an entertainment column that was syndicated around the country. And uh, we talked about a movie he was in, uh, Glass Shield. Now, the movie was pretty bad. <laughs> but <laughs> he was a good, good guy. And like I said, he was in Brian Song and a number of other movies. And just a first-class guy and gave me a lot of attention even though i was a, a young writer for a relatively small publication so i you know i hope he is resting uh, in peace
2: yes our means. thoughts go out to their families for sure so there are rumors that jay-z has turned down an offer to perform at the 2018 nfl super bowl out of respect for Colin Kaepernick. So no decision has been made on a performer, the NFL has responded. But other names that have been throwing, thrown around are Connie West, Pink, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, the Beebs, and Rihanna.
1: The NFL is going to have to resort to bringing in like some country acts or something. Because, look, let's go down this list. First of all, I applaud Jay-Z for this. You, you don't want to be used as a pawn in this game for, for cultural appropriation, yeah. a, a term first coined by the Kardashians' usage of the culture. But not really. I'm, but I'm saying, you know, he understands the game and the big picture. And that can only hurt his brand. Getting in bed with an organization that does not allow free speech for African American men, or doesn't sort of blackballs Colin Kaepernick for that reason, so I get why he he's not doing. I cannot see them. Look, Kanye West is the same guy that jumped on stage in front of Taylor Swift, and the same guy who said George Bush doesn't like black people. What in the hell do you think he's <laughs> gonna do at a Super Bowl performance? He he might come out in black, blackface. <laughs> I don't know what he would do. No one knows what he would do. That's why he will not be on that list. Well,
2: okay. Well, let's let's take a step back for a second with Jay-Z. The NFL knows what they're doing, right? They know that they want to bring—I think that they want to bring in a certain audience back into their fold. So they're having Jay-Z. Because if you look at Jay-Z's breadth of musical history, I don't know what song he's going to be rapping. At at the Super Bowl? That doesn't make any sense. So they can only be bringing him in to bring in an audience. So good of for him. yeah. Of course,
1: I mean he's the the biggest rap star other than Kanye, and really for rap fans he, he's he's as, as big as you get living. Yes. So I mean he's and, it.
2: And so and to your point, similarly with Kanye West, there's no good reason to bring that man on. He's gonna
1: just. Eat- I wish they would actually. I wish they would. The more I think about this, yes. Please, Kanye, (laughs) please. That's what we want. And I don't want any eight-second delay. I want the networks (laughs) to go live, live. And whatever happens, happens. So, yeah, I changed my mind. I want Kanye to do halftime at the Super Bowl.
2: If this were a different year, absolutely, I'd love to see it. But with all the stuff that's surrounding the NFL, I don't want you to pander to me in that way.
1: So let me tap into my my entertainment side real quick on this thing with with Jay-Z. So the other people on the list, Christine Aguilera, right? Who's, who she,
2: has not done a hit in years? But it doesn't
1: matter. She tries. She she did it. Uh, 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 so yeah. she ain't gonna do it because she don't want to offend, you know, <laughs> the black people. Pink signed with Face Records out the gate. She ain't gonna do it. <laughs> and She's Justin left. Timberlake. Why would you have? Now look, now I, no I actually wait a minute. I actually like Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. and I maybe I, I, I should be embarrassed to admit it. But I know I, I like I like Justin Timberlake. But what he did to Janet and how he stepped away Wait. from that from that boulder and let her take the heat and he didn't take the heat for the the in the Super Bowl performance here in Houston. I was here, I was at the game, and he he was like, "Oh, I didn't know it was a, mal, a wardrobe malfunction." She took all the heat for that. He didn't take any heat, and I would be mad at the NFL for trying to get. Justin Timberlake to performed in Jay Z or, or Charlie Daniels.
2: No, that's true. There's lots of fun gender stuff happening in that. Why aren't we having Jan Jackson come back? But the Yeah, guy maybe who they ought to have it. a
1: reunion. Yeah. Janet and <laughs> Timberlake.
2: Yep, that's right.
1: Have a, a, a different kind of wardrobe malfunction. You have to.
2: <laughs> the bottom half? Oh, oh good gracious. So I, I think, I, I mean, can. I think out of this list, Justin Bieber is the safest choice. He's across the. Well, not well, across Well, he might the give board. his
1: testimony now. He's a big
2: Christian <laughs> now.
1: He's he back in the
2: church. And he's he's everywhere. I mean, he, they're even playing Despacito on the hip-hop but station. But Usher so. discovered
1: him, so he can't go against black folks. And I'm telling you, black Twitter is a game-changer. They would shut that down. I don't so think— So they have a difficult choice to make.
2: You say that, but I think back at, like, Miley Cyrus, how she all of a sudden had this come-to-Jesus moment with, like, not liking her hip-hop roots anymore. So she took no longer culturally appropriates her music and black twitter lit her up and she still has a career so i don't think i mean christina i didn't heard anything she's done in
1: a while
2: she ha- she was on the radio and she has her own following i don't think justin timberlake bieber christina aguilera or pink will be adversely affected by black twitter or black the black market
1: depends on how sensitive you are i'm telling you they come for you i'm telling you look i will when we do something where you so you can uh sort of get the angle of black twitter and you can see how real it is
2: it's real i've before (laughs) i just don't know how how influential uh, they are in white circles and
1: and really loosely if you want to talk about kevin hart and what black twitter did to him that that has been hilarious and actually he has the sports tie because he is always in the celebrity basketball game at the nba all-star game and won the mvp three years in a row so
2: so I'm I'd be interested to see who they actually do pick up. Um, I, I I would watch if Kanye was uh performing.
1: Anybody else, any other suggestion?
2: Ooh, who else? No, I don't know. That's
1: I mean somebody from Star Trek?
2: No, oh, come <laughs> on. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Y'all, it's not that real. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, I want to thank you for uh, for being here and part of the episode. How can folks get to you?
2: You can catch me on Instagram at atsocally. I am also on Twitter because Devin has hounded me long enough. It's atsocally underscore S, atsocally underscore S.
1: Hey, well, thanks so much. Coming up next, some fantasy football with my man, Sad O. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes. Tune in and SoundCloud. I know what you guys are yourself. I'm really young. Is gonna ever fall
3: off? I'm really young. No. I'm really young. A lot of speculation on the monies I've made. Honeys I've slayed, I was for real, is that
1: nigga really paid? Hustles I've met or dealt with direct. Is it true he stayed beef
3: and slept with a tech? What's the position you hold? Can you really match a triple platinum artist buck by buck, but only a single going goal? Rockefeller level, and you left out in the cold. Is it back to charge your mother eleven for a hoe for the million times? Wanna
1: bring in that old now when to when when talk to fantasy me, football And we brought him in and we actually really wanted to get him in Earlier in the preseason, but Hurricane Harvey had his say so with us here in the city of Houston. Uh, but I want to bring it back in because uh, after a couple of weeks, we headed into week three. I wanted to ask some questions and get his feedback and, uh, and offer some of mine. First and foremost, thanks for being here again. And I think we're going to make this a regular segment because a lot of people found the information you provided helpful as far as just the general questions about fantasy football. And and a lot of people are delving in. But now more because of your expertise, people want to hear your thoughts and, and who should they play, who shouldn't they play. And I want I, We were trying to get you set up with Twitter. Have we? Have we got that done yet?
3: You know, Devin, not yet. I'm still working. I'm getting okay. my he's, team. Yeah, he's getting his account verified. That's what it is. There you go.
1: But we want. I want to provide outlet where people can reach out to you. Weekly, because I know they have questions. But after a couple of weeks in, I want to get your thoughts on the NFL season. We talked about early in the show how the NFL offenses they've struggled so far this year. How has that impacted the NFL? Because nobody's making a lot of points. You can win games with what 140 points now. I mean, it doesn't take much when all these offenses are struggling. What are your thoughts on the first couple of weeks NFL action?
3: Actually, it's been it's been really uh, rare to see anyone explode. I've been, you know, I'm on probably about say six or seven fantasy football teams, and what I'm starting to see is those guys that's standing out are very few. And and we didn't see this last year. I mean, even in the previous years, I don't know what's going on with the NFL. But we don't have anybody that's just standing out. Uh, you know what? Let me not say that. There's a bunch of people standing out, but we not we don't see a bevy of people standing no. and, out and, and there and anymore. And the usual
1: suspects either. And you that, right. they're kind of up and down. And when you look at a guy like, say, a guy like Fournette, which he this is the first year, but you jump out there in the first game, you have 100 yards, mm-hmm. only 40 yards in the second game, and uh, there's several examples of that guys having one good week. And then kind of tailing way, way off. Talk about some of those guys. And, and I because I, I want to get into a couple of things here. I want to talk about the top five disappointments, top five surprises. And uh, we want to get into some of the injury talk as well. Uh, give me your opinion on really some of the guys that you thought would step up. Uh, before you get to your top five, but just some guys that you thought would step up that haven't.
3: You know, in the, in the first time we were here uh, in the show doing this, and I, again, thank you for having me on. I, I talked about Brandon Marshall. I talked about, you know, what I thought we was going to see from him. And, you know, don't get me wrong, it's been a, a small sample size because we're just getting into week three. But you would think that uh, some of these people would show us more. He
1: He's a guy that he almost looks like he's, his head is not in the game. Now, obviously, we, we talked about the struggles on, on offensive lines. The, Giants, the offensive line is terrible. And Odell Beckham was out, and you would have thought Logically, that okay, next man up, that Brandon Marshall, who has been a star in his league, would have stepped up, and he just he's been lost in the sauce.
3: Devin, I honestly think that there's a offensive line bug floating around the NFL (laughs) because it's atrocious at how many teams have horrible offensive lines that you just frankly did not see coming. You
1: knew it here in Houston. You knew it in Indianapolis. But aside from that, no.
3: I did not think it would it would affect the Giants or the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I didn't you think you thought
1: that they would get better. I did. But again, now you you know, they had these discussions you heard with Richard Sherman, sixty eight percent of their salary cap is allocated for the, for defense. They just don't have the money mm-hmm. to dedicate to that offensive line and we see it with no production uh really from that offense. So if you like a guy like I I tell you, I've taken a hit with Seattle by taking Thomas Rawls, Mm -hmm. Rawls, you take Rawls cheaply. You know he's not my marquee guy. If you want to get the marquee guys, you gotta have some mid range and low inexpensive options. He was an inexpensive option for me, and he's not been productive. Even with Eddie Lacy sitting out last week, not able to get anything done. Jimmy Graham, another guy from that offense that I have taken that just, you know, he hadn't been productive, although he had a bit of an injury. They say that this week they're going to really try to get him the ball and incorporate him in that offense. You would think if you're not able to go deep downfield because of the offensive line, you will find a way to get the ball in his hands. So Seattle across the board, I don't think, although people like Russell Wilson, from a fantasy standpoint, I don't think he's ever a, a good pick. Uh, Not in comparison to other guys around the league.
3: Believe it or not, Russell Russell, since the time, you know, he became a starter, he's been a top 10 fantasy football quarterback. Really? That's kind of surprising. right. With Um, Marshawn
1: Lynch for all those years. Even with Marshawn Lynch. And those marginal
3: receivers. Because, again, if you have beast mode, doing what Beast Mode does, then you need to crowd that box. So he's never had any big name yet. You have Doug Baldwin Baldwin out there, but
1: uh, you you have
3: these guys, but they don't scare you. Telling me that I'm going in and I have to play against Odell Beckham Jr. or I have to play against uh, Jeffries, out of uh, Philadelphia, then, of course, we know we're going to lock on and maybe get some double coverage out there. We're not going to play too much zone, or we're just going to play zone on one half of the field. But those wide receivers don't scare you. So when they were crowding the bop, you got man-to-man. And one thing that Russell did was he took advantage of that man-to-man coverage. So that's why going into fantasy football, you would never sit there and say, well, Doug Baldwin is a... Top ten, top fifteen. Right. You know, top, well, he's actually he, he's a top twenty.
1: What? Well, but I'm saying a lot of people. He's 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 priced pretty high in fantasy leagues. So, uh, uh, so somewhere there's a lot of value that people think they're going to get because he he has a high price tag in in like DraftKings.
3: He does. You take a look at the. Wide receiver out of Indianapolis Colts, Uh, their number one wide receiver, Ty Hilton. Ty Hilton. He had a high draft value coming into the league only because when his quarterback is there, he puts on. You know, he puts on the show and he gets you the points. He's not a big touchdown guy, but he's a big play guy. You know, I say he's you know what Deshaun Jackson was when Michael Vick was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, but he
1: might have some stuff left in Tampa. I won't sleep on Deshaun Jackson. Who is your biggest disappointment before? I guess I want to get to your top 5 but who's you, I guess you can go ahead and run down you, your top 5.
3: You actually brought it up for me. My 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 biggest disappointment would have to be Jimmy Graham. Only because after Jimmy Graham came back from his injury He started off slow, but it appeared last year he gained momentum. He wasn't the Jimmy Graham of New Orleans, but he flashed, and and he actually climbed into the top five of tight ends. You know, he was actually ranked up that—I want to say he was number three.
1: Yeah, he will never put up the numbers he put up in New Orleans, but that that is surprising to hear. Yeah,
3: it is definitely surprising. And then where he was being drafted at in fantasy football this year around the seventh, eighth round, you sit there, that's value. If you're telling me I get a a top five tight end, in who's going to produce every week in which he showed strength he showed that he was getting stronger and better towards the end of the year that's momentum coming into this season but through the first two games nothing nothing
1: and, and it may turn around for him tomorrow uh, next time on week three um, uh, who else is on your, your top five list
3: next person Ezekiel Elliott wow what has happened to this guy well uh,
1: you know he's under a lot of duress from the league you think that that hangs over him, or is it the offensive line? Is it they have they figured out that Dallas offense and a way to attack it?
3: And I, and I think that's it. Um, I definitely you you have film now on uh, Zach and what he likes on to Zeke. do,
1: where he likes to run,
3: right? Uh, and that, and, that, and that. yeah, there you go. Right. So so since you have film on him. Now you can sit there and say, well, here's where we know how we can trip him up. Here's how we could get him in trouble. Well, we can turn the uh, offense one-dimensional and make him pass because one thing we know, this is a passing league. And once you put a few points on the board, the other team want to come out throwing the ball. Last year, Ezekiel Elliott was amazing. Last year, it seemed like no one could stop him. That offensive line was blowing people off the line, which I think in turn opened up the passing game. But for some unexplained reason, this year, you're right. It's offensive line issues. It's a lot it's of
1: stuff with him. He's under the rest, and he, he's – I don't know. I, I would imagine they'll be able to turn some of this around, but it may look like they jumped on the Dak Prescott train a little – maybe it's just a sophomore jinx, or it could be they jumped on the Dak Prescott train too fast. I he, agree He could have rolled that thing out and massaged – Tony Romo for another year. At least one
3: more year. Let let Dex sit behind Tony Romo and gain just a little bit more. I mean, you know those
1: Cowboy fans that have something to say about that. Uh, so we got Jimmy Graham, we have Ezekiel Elliott, who's three on your list?
3: Another guy would have to be Sam Bradford. With Sam Bradford, no one saw this coming. Sam Bradford was a write-off as far as for the year. You know, he thought it was pretty fluky last year. He had some up-and-down moments, nothing spectacular, but up-and-down moments last year. Going into this year, actually no one thought that he would, you know, actually stick around this year, but he did. He won the job. A lot of good things coming out there from the beat reporters. What we saw in week one was, that was phenomenal but again against it was New Sam Orleans, Bradford of Oklahoma but you against right. New Orleans and, and, right. and it could be more so just an indictment against the New Orleans um, well you
1: saw what New England did against them they have the worst defense in the NFL they do by far and so I think that's where you can look for your value and your points but here's where Sam Bradford's injury – it's not that his performance are bad. He's, mm-hmm. He was out in week two, and he's going to be out in week three. Correct. That's where your disappointment is in him. What it does is it renders all those other guys useless. It does. Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And even the running game, Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook is affected by that. Let's see what happens this week. But, yeah, his injury hurts all of his guys. So I can see where – I mean, he's a de- disappointment to the team – Let's hope that he can get back on the field just, just for his sake. He's been through a lot in his career. I hope that he can get back
3: on the field. And you're right. Health-wise, I do, I do as well. The only thing is you it just affects so many other people. I mean, the, even the defense. The defense is solid. But because Sam Bradford is not there, the defense is also going to suffer. Right, because you got
1: this. Case Keenum in the Go Cougs, But, no, he's not getting it done.
3: Right. Oh, uh, Who else you got? Another person, another team I have is the New York Jets, J-E-T-S.
1: You expected something from a fantasy standpoint? To be
3: honest with you, I did. Uh, Bilal Powell. I expect something for Bob Powell. Not only that, I mean, you have Matt Forte. Matt Forte has been a solid fantasy football player, even last year. But he's getting long
1: in the tooth, man. He's getting older.
3: He's getting long in the tooth, but you don't bring in someone like Matt Forte and don't give him the ball. Uh, he's been a solid fantasy football player for years. You don't see him. He's so not like he's slowing down. Um, I think they did a good job last year with the one-two push because it actually made both of the guys valuable last year. And when they just started mm-hmm. dumping players, Okay, yeah, you know, you have the pundits out there saying that maybe they're trying to tank the season in order to get some high draft picks on next year. But I thought that you would get something, something. I mean, this is an NFL team, you know, so you tell them, these are professional athletes, so there should be at least somebody mm-hmm. on that team that you could get some kind of family. Yeah, I, that's uh, one team I've from. stayed
1: away from totally. And then we would you have one more disappointment?
3: Yeah, I have one one more disappointment and uh the uh Washington Redskins and Kirk Cousins.
1: Kirk Cousins?
3: Yeah. I thought we would have seen more, you know, within these first two weeks from Kirk Cousins because at one time this was a dynamic offense. Kirk Cousins is another person who's a top-ten fantasy quarterback. So
1: you just – look, uh, all you have done is a- awaken into the the nightmare that all Washington Redskins fans know, know. Uh, you know. Sign him, don't sign him. Is he a franchise quarterback? Is he not? Well,
3: we, we still believe that San Francisco 49 is going to wind up getting him next year and he's going to get reunited with uh, Kyle Shanahan because, again, his best days – as an NFL quarterback, was when Kyle Shanahan was running the offense. Uh, we see Thursday night what Kyle Shanahan <laughs> offense would do for a quarterback. Uh, and Brian Hoyer. And Brian Hoyer. And, 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 they, and nice balance.
1: I think that's a, a big surprise, and we're going to get to your top big, uh, five surprises. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to throw one name out there as a, as a big disappointment, and that's Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, and i tell you why, and I here's my thinking behind the gamble on Adrian Peterson. Okay, so you come out, you think they're going to pound the ball a little bit with him In Minnesota, his return home, he only gets nine touches that day. You know, there's a little bit of controversy. What did he say to Sean Payton? Was there something on the sideline? No big deal. That happens in the NFL. Eddie Robinson talked about that in the last podcast. Mm -hmm. He says to, to the media and everybody else, I didn't come here for nine carries. So I'm thinking in week two. Again, as a value pick, not as a, this is not your first guy. This is not a high-dollar guy. It's very inexpensive on on DraftKings. You get him and saying, okay, they're going to feed him more than nine times and maybe he'll kick some out of the backfield. But the biggest disappointment has been all three of the running backs because, again, you have a three-headed monster with Peterson, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara, and none of those guys are getting the chance to shine. They're not getting it done in the running game at all. They need to find some balance because they do have the worst defense in the NFL. So, that's sort of been my big disappointment uh, through a couple of games this season. It doesn't look like it's going to get much better either. Let's flip it on the other side. Who's been your biggest uh, your surprises?
3: Uh, my biggest surprise is Jared Goff.
1: Yes. What did <laughs> he did Thursday gosh. night?
3: What he did. third, And, you know, to be honest with you, if you look at the the body of work from the first two games, you've seen the progression. You've seen week one. He was week one. He was decent. No one could say anything negative about him. Still, and yet he was not a big fantasy waiver pickup for going into week two. He go into week two. He played solid again. Actually, he improved and got better from week one. And again, he was not a priority pickup for week two. This past Thursday night. I think it's safe to say that moving Jared forward, Goff, moving he'll be forward, a he'll be a priority pick. You want to Goff on your roster? Okay. Who, who else you got? Uh, another big surprise for me is um, the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Why? I, because they uh, changed the offensive coordinator. Correct, and okay. that's
3: correct because again, Kyle Shanahan has made a a a, a name for himself. To say that wherever he goes, the quarterback somehow becomes amazing under his system. So, like Jim Harbaugh, uh, who now, you know, coach of the Michigan uh, Wolverines, mm-hmm. a quarterback whisperer. So, I was shocked. Now, don't get me wrong. Matty Ice has always had an arm. Matty Ice has always been decent. But last year, Matty MVP. Ice was yeah, MVP. And this year, they firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised to see that. The thing that I don't like is with Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a stud. There's there's hands down Julio Jones. One of
1: the top two or three receivers in this league.
3: In this league. I I would actually go to say he is the best wide receiver in the league. The only problem is it's not manifesting in fantasy football. Mm -hmm. You know, because, again, he garners a triple team. You know, he's a man. He will get up there. At the peak and grab that ball out the air on, on one or two one or two defenders, so he he guarantees a triple team. And right now with that offense, you you really don't know who else to grab because one you know one week like last week it was uh, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, he did well, but he didn't score any touchdowns. You know he 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 gobbled up a bunch of balls, but. That only works well in PPR and then still is not enough if you're to, not to, to get rostered right in the fantasy football league. So right now the only thing that you can really say out of uh, Atlanta is the running back.
1: Devontae Freeman.
3: Devontae Freeman is about the only person you can truly put in your lineup and say I that, that I know I'm going to get something.
1: Well, Ice, you can put him in it. See, he's going to get it. He's, you know, I mean, he's going to get his, his work in, but even, the PPR league. But
3: even with Maddie Ice, he isn't throwing touchdowns. He's throwing a lot of yards. He's getting down the field, and once he gets down the field –
1: and they have a big matchup against Detroit this week. That's going to be one to watch. So.
3: That is definitely a game to watch. Okay,
1: who else you got? As
3: far as for my other big surprise is Trevor Simeon. Mm. Trevor Simeon is one that no one really talked about. No, you know, actually, really, people were saying that you know he he doesn't. Last year, he didn't deserve to be in a, on the NFL roster. Uh, this is a guy, you know, he he's, he's not Peyton Manning. He's not uh, John Elway. Who is this guy? And I think that over the last two weeks, he's actually show you that he is a nfl starting quarterback i was shocked to see that uh last year we seen the struggles with demarius thomas we seen him try to force feed the ball into uh, emmanuel sanders sanders
1: he's he's done a little work this week sanders is doing work as well yeah
3: i agree with you on that but it it actually looks like the denver broncos offense is relevant so i would say on their team you can
1: if that's the case man that division has gotten even tougher. I mean, it, it, I mean, if they have anything on offense to compete with that defense, let's talk a little bit, if we could, about injuries and what you what you've noticed around the league with injuries. I want to talk specifically about uh, Gronkowski. Uh, it, it looks like he'll be back. They said he practiced this week, but a groin is such a tricky injury.
3: Yeah, those soft tissue injuries definitely keep these guys out uh, for long because there's really no time to play.
1: But I just think the chance for re-injury with groins is kind of – I'm gonna stay away from him this week,
3: and that's that's one of the tough decisions that that you make with people with people like Gronkowski. When you get Gronkowski on your fantasy football team, he's a a first second round pick, you know. So when you pick guys in the first and second round, you expect for them to play unless it's a bye week. So with person with a person like him. He's so talented in the team and the system that he's in. Even with a grown injury, you have to roll the dice with him. Okay. Also
1: on that team, you you talked about uh, – off the air, you talked about Chris Hogan. Danny Amendola is uh, supposedly back. Would you take a chance with him? I mean, and again, I'm talking about in these daily leagues and – uh, again, you have to balance your lineups because you have to have inexpensive guys. You, you have to have, to have a much. guy that you pay next to nothing for that produces if you're going to have your Antonio Browns, if you're going to pay the high-priced quarterback. So it's a balancing act. So would you take a chance on Amendola this week or no?
3: I would not. Uh, Amendola is too fragile. To be honest with you, he's somebody that I know he frustrates a lot of fantasy football owners because you have him on the team. You know the system he's in. He's actually his skill set is perfect for the system. We saw that in week one. He didn't have a touchdown, but you know he had double digit fantasy fo- fantasy points because of the receptions and the yards. But then, however, he he's fragile, and um, so we see he goes out in week two due to concussion. Are uh, they saying that he should be back? And he's uh, going to take a pounding on an interior. He as a younger guy, as a, a smaller guy. It will. Chris Hogan moved into that into that spot on last week, and now he. Ended up on the um, injury um, list, and uh, but it looks like all the beat reporters are stating that you know he's he's limited in practice, but more than likely he's going to be a full go to play.
1: Yeah, and then you look at a team like the Texans; all three of their tight ends are are down with concussions, and mm-hmm. and I don't know who will be active tomorrow, but. Uh, the other thing that makes it difficult for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who's a, a really premier receiver in this league, you just don't know what you're going to get out of Deshaun Watson. You kind of want to take a chance on Watson in that offense tomorrow against a woeful New England defense. But I think, again, Belichick is 8-0 against rookie quarterbacks. rookie quarterback. So I think he'll dial up some stuff that's going to give them, give the Texans a hard time. But the, the, the defensive units that I like, I like Denver. Kansas City is my number one. Mm-hmm. And then you look at matchups. I think you look at whoever's playing uh, the Colts, mm-hmm. whoever is playing the Jet. You look at those uh, those defenses on that day uh, for investment. So that's, that's sort of my take on it. Any final advice going into the week three or four? Because we're going to try to work you in every couple of weeks. Any Any advice you have for us?
3: Yeah, I think you um you you have to start your studs, start your people who you drafted in those first four rounds. Try your best to get some trades. Maybe, what about maybe, I
1: need some daily fantasy advice? Well,
3: you know that when it comes to daily fantasy advice, what what we want to do is play the matchups, play the matchups, get you anything you see down. this
1: week. Any anything that you're gonna do. I tell you what, I'm not gonna do. I'm going to stay away. I'm staying away. From the, the, the Minnesota Vikings, now that I know Bradford is not playing, I'm going to stay away from Diggs, Thielen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay away from even Dalvin Cook tomorrow.
3: Take all of them out the lineup. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is one. It's kind of hard to get away from him because he's the only inf- active player right now that's averaging 9.5 yards per carry in the fourth quarter. So how do you get away from that? You know, Dalvin Cook may be a flex play for this week just because he's the, about the only consistent player that's taking care of business right now.
1: So, yeah, you playing your matchup. Any, anything else that you see that you look forward to uh, for well, tomorrow? Because well, well, I'm looking at Ravens at, at, at Jaguars. I probably would stay away from all the Jaguars' offense.
3: That's correct, and I would start the Ravens' defense. I'll start the Ravens' defense. I would also start the Steelers' defense. What about
1: starting Denver on the road at the Buffalo? Their defense. I mean that that might be a solid play too.
3: I agree with you. If you drafted the Denver Broncos defense, then I know you drafted them in the early round, and you drafted them to play.
1: Then you you got you had the Steelers on the road at Chicago. Their defense is not great, but
3: but Chicago's a mess right now. Chicago, but they at, had
1: to recoin it. that had a couple nice games. The so.
3: human joystick. Cannot cannot overcome what's going to happen to them when the Steelers. Now, what I'm looking for with this game is is for Le'Veon Bell to wake up. Hopefully, this is the game that we see. But you know what, Le'Veon Bell.
1: But you know what, also on that team, Conner is going to get some touchdowns. He will. Connor James Conner is gonna get some uh, some touchdowns. I don't know what you do with this, but Browns versus Colts. I wouldn't take either defense. I don't, that's the game you probably stay away from all together in daily fantasy. So, well,
3: to be honest with you, I think uh, in that game right there, you may can start Isaiah Crowell as a flex play. Somebody has yeah, to get Yeah, he's really ball cheap. And, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's real. He'll inexpensive, be really expensive, and they, and they will feed him. Yeah. You know, I can't see this being a, a high fly scoring game, uh-huh. but I can see that a lot of groundwork will be done. And uh, Isaiah Crowell is probably the most complete back right now. Not to take anything away from the the great Frank Gore, Isaiah yeah. Crowell. Then, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, I want to thank you for joining us. And people can't get in touch with you yet, but you're working on
3: it. I am working on that. I have something for you. Um, for sure. For sure. Right. For sure.
1: All right, hey, with that going to wrap up episode thirty-four of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Want to thank you guys, and before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, want to remind you guys: iTunes, tune in, SoundCloud, just Google us. Please, please make those comments. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you think. I want to, uh, if you like us, share us. Make sure you make sure uh, make sure you let folks know that you really enjoy. The podcast. You have any questions? Make sure you get those to us. In addition to that, tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And I'm telling you guys, if you're able to contribute and and write those comments, I'll have some swag to give away here shortly. So I'll be giving away coffee mugs or caps or beanies or something. I'll have something for you guys. So And, uh, you know, if you have a city or a town you want us to, to talk about, let us know. And, as always, have a great day.